please no yo what is up everybody welcome back to episode seven of quarter life crisis i am your host for this morning uh d-rec not god or your father or your boss I'm sitting here with my lovely co-host, um, one of the only guys to show up to the Area 51 raid. Hunty, how you doing, man? Whoa, I didn't. I want the record to show I never actually went. I seriously debated it. Were you, were you signed up on Facebook? No, no, I wasn't that committed. <laughs> okay, but I'm I'm doing well. Uh, 2020's been a good start to the new year. How's how's 2020 treating you, Derek? It's it's all right. We are what 15 days into the 18 days into the new year. That's I'm mad. losing. Yeah, I'm losing all go. track yeah. all track of the time. Um, it's been about three weeks since we've filmed an episode, so mm-hmm. we're really a. Uh, so we're really falling back on the curve. We got a lot to talk about. Sorry today. to our loyal fans. Yeah, sorry to busy. all three of you. But um, <laughs> uh, before we get started, as we usually do, um, Hunter, what are you drinking? This so morning? today I am drinking Seventh State Golden Lager from Calvert Brewing Company. Shout out Southern Maryland. Uh, it's like it's, it's a nice it's a nice lighter beer that's not like light beer. You know, it's like got a good taste to it. I enjoy it. <laughs> I myself have the RAR Nanocoke Nectar IPA. Uh, staple RIR, uh, shout out to the Eastern Shore, and I believe they are opening a location in my place of residence in Baltimore, so I'm pretty Ooh. excited about that. Um, we got to get there when, like, the original one when we go down to Ocean City next time. Yes, that'd be awesome for the next Bros weekend. Yeah, now that, um, now that I'm of age. Yeah, now that you're actually legal and don't have to drive us everywhere. <laughs> that was the worst. I hated that so much. <laughs> I mean, like, somebody had to do it, but. And we're glad it was you. Yeah. Um, we, oh, we drank so much beer that weekend. That was. Yeah. Bad. Your mom was kind of concerned. <laughs> All right, so um, we're just going to jump right into it and what I'm sure everybody was waiting for. Uh, we are to the Sweet 16 on the Disney bracket. Mm. And we've got um, a few discrepancies in our personal matchups. So we're going to go ahead and get started with the Princess Division. Hunter, your first matchup is Tangled versus Beauty and the Beast. Uh, tangled. Tangled. Care, care to explain why? It's just a better movie. <laughs> Going too far into it. <laughs> um, I'm going with my matchup was Tangled versus Aladdin, and to no surprise, I'm going to pick Aladdin because it's my the best Disney movie and okay. uh, cannot be compared to anything else. All right. Um, I think we ha- might have the next. Ma- oh no, we don't. So your matchup is Mulan versus Frozen. Oh, this is actually kind of a tough one. Um, mm, do you know what you would pick in this matchup? In this pitch matchup, yes, I know what I would pick. Mm. I'm gonna go Frozen. Yeah, I would also go Frozen in this matchup. Yeah, Mulan, Mulan had a good run, but you know, it's it's just Frozen, just overall quality film. Yeah, good I, music, good story, good characters. Yeah, I like, and they're both very like took the um, the female empowerment thing to a new like to a new in a new direction. Yeah, um, with Mulan being um, not like the be a man thing that's kind of like outdated, but Frozen being um, a sister's love is the strongest form of love or a sibling's love or whatever. Yeah, also like Frozen like has two, it has like. The two it has two representations of like different types of female empowerment, right? So yes. you have like you have like Elsa who's like very royal and very regal, like the, the woman in charge and is like like very professional, and then you have Anna who's just like I don't really care what anyone thinks of me. I'm just going to be me, and that's what's important. So, like, it's two good representations there. Yeah, plus it's got um, Kristen Bell, John, Jonathan Groff, and Josh Gad. So how can you beat those? Uh, Great movies. Um, moving on, though, I, my matchup was Moana versus Frozen, and I do think Moana uh, takes the cake on that one, uh, mainly because of Lin-Manuel Miranda and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, but, no, I think Moana overall is, like, it, it was a... 
different. Um, it's completely polar opposite. Polar, get it? Because like North Pole and hey, cold yeah. and I, frozen. They were in Scandinavia. <laughs> The North Pole. I mean, I know, but Frozen. Anyways. That means Frozen's a Christmas movie. Because <laughs> uh, there's snow in it. Anyways, Moana, Moana uh, trumps Frozen for me. Sure. Um, moving on to the classic division. Um, again, we have different matchups. Uh, Peter Pan, for, for you, this, this is for you, Hunter. Uh, Peter Pan versus the Lion King. Lion King. Lion King, yeah. Super easy one. It's, it's, it's a really easy it's one. Modern day Shakespeare. My, um, literally, my uh, matchup was the Jungle Book versus Lion King. And again, yeah, we're going with Lion King. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's. I am. I'm a little upset that Shakespeare felt the need to um, rip off a Disney movie with his with his play, uh, Macbeth. But or, was it Macbeth or Hamlet? Hamlet. Hamlet. Okay, Hamlet. I, I get those two mixed up. But yeah, it's Hamlet. Hamlet's um, like one of the greatest plays ever written. But did he actually write it though? Did, wait, is that a thing? Uh, there's like a lot of rumors that Shakespeare like stole a lot of works from other people. Well, he, what he wrote like how many how many plays? I mean, he wrote a lot, but like. <laughs> I mean, the, the he, question, the question is like how much of it was real. There was a there was a, a TNT series about uh, three four years ago called Will, where basically like it kind of hinted at the fact that he stole his like his like plays from other things that he was doing when he was trying to make it big. Um, and so like he was working at uh, a theater and um, I forget what it's called. We learned this in theater history, but he was working at a theater before he worked at the Globe and became like Shakespeare, right? And uh, there's like like rumors that the first play, I think it was Two Gentlemen in Verona was the first one he wrote. Uh, and there's like a lot of speculation that like it's based off of another story and he just like stole everything and just changed some character names and just made it his. Huh. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, he probably did write Hamlet, but like some of his other works, like earlier ones, and people are like, did he actually write this? Like he, it's, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so a lot of it's, it, Shakespeare's a sus dude. Well, yeah, he had a lot of things going that were pretty he also, sus. I mean, he also had like tons of mistresses, but it was oh, in yeah. the 1580s, so like who didn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we actually in the classic division we have a matchup that is similar. Um, we have the Hunchback of Notre Dame versus Tarzan, and this is hmm. a really this was a hard one for me. Ooh. I gotta go hunchback. You went I hunchback. Have to go hunchback. That's that's fair. That's a really fair one. I I went Tarzan. Why? Um, Tarzan because well, I love Hunchback for everything that it represents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think though Tarzan was really it was really good at um, expressing how uh, you find your family. Um, I'm also a big animal conservationist. Not a big one. I just don't think we should be killing gorillas. Um, and Rest in peace, I th- Harambe. I think, I will say that Hellfire is one of the best songs that Disney has ever put up. Probably my favorite Disney villain song of all time. Um, but the soundtrack to Tarzan is what well, bumps bumps it above Hunchback bro, for me. It's Phil, it's, Collins, it's Phil Collins and like very unparalleled. Phil Collins Genesis, is a legend. Um, but yeah, I, I, Hunchback is, that's a very fair um, pick, taking that over. Um, okay, that wraps up the classic division. Moving over to the Pixar division, and we have completely different matchups for this one. Um, Hunter, yours is Monsters Inc. versus The Incredibles Two. So I know what you think I'm gonna pick here, but I'm gonna go with Monsters Inc. Wow, wow. Okay. Again, we've talked about this on multiple podcasts. How Monsters Inc. just it lines with my moral philosophies as a human being. I know I've pushed The Incredibles 2 a lot, and it's a good film. could be its own standalone movie, but Monsters, Inc. is just a better one, in my opinion. It's fair. Okay. If it were Monsters, Inc. versus The Incredibles, I'd probably pick The Incredibles. Yes. But. That's Yeah, okay. That's fair. Uh, my matchup is Toy Story versus Up. <laughs> Funny enough. Uh, and I went with Toy Story yeah, uh, because it, well, it was, I think it does have a little bit of nostalgia factor for me, um, but it's just... 
a real, I loved Up for what it was. Um, I don't think I watched it at a time where um, where it was like it, it impacted me enough from what it is. I think the first time I watched it, I was like too young to really get the the the, the weight of it. I actually did not watch Toy Story. I watched Toy Story for the first time in high school. So like I never like saw the se- original. One? Yeah, the OG one. I had never seen it before that, and it was just so. Did come out like in '95? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a lot. No, I think it was like yeah, it was really old. But um, yeah. So I Toy Story like I it was a time where like I was really struggling with my identity. So it was like really fun like watching Buzz like do the same thing and like realize that even though he's not quote unquote special like he's special to the people around him. It was great. It was really good. Oh. Plus, Falling with Style is one of the funniest like Pixar like lines that's ever been in a movie. It's true. So. It's true. That was wholesome. <laughs> okay. Appreciated that story. Um. What is okay? So we have slightly different matchups for the next one. Uh, Hunter, your matchup is Finding Nemo versus The Incredibles. Incredibles. The Incredibles, yes. Because it's an incredible movie. Hey, I made that pun last time and you <laughs> hit me, so I'm a little upset. Um, <laughs> mine is Inside Out versus The Incredibles, and I also picked The Incredibles. Um, Inside Out, like I've said a million times, is, is incredible. <laughs> I did it again by accident. <laughs> it is a really good movie, and it did make me cry, but um, The Incredibles is just is unparalleled. Like, I've watched it a million times in the last few think years. My, the thing about Inside Out, oh, God, what, what, Joy just irritates me. She's very annoying for the first, uh, for the for the first the fir- chunk. Well, like, for the first, like, for the, like... Up until the last about 15 minutes, I just absolutely hated her. I well, was like, it's so, like, you don't have to be super happy all the time. Well, see, that's, that's kind and of I the, point, the point, though. Of the movie. Right. Which, I like, it. I was like, oh, this is, this is real. This is very real. So, uh, but no, The Incredibles, for what it is, it, it's so much better. It's just such a, a great movie. Such a good movie. Um, <laughs> I'm really angry because if you pick what I think you're going to pick, I'm going to hit you in the face. But, Hunter, your matchup is Zootopia versus Brother Bear. Uh, I'm going Zootopia. I have to. Thank you. Brother oh Bear is so God. good. It's there. not, though. It's so good. It's so bad. It's such a good movie. Um, my matchup, I, I like the Northern Lights moving and stuff. It's so fun. My matchup is Zootopia versus Wreck-It Ralph. And I picked Wreck-It Ralph. Mm. I did like Zootopia a lot, but I think it was a little too on the nose with a lot of the stuff it was doing. And I, I, appreci- I appreciate the message it was sending, but it was just like a little... I don't know, like like we we talked about it last time, but like the only rabbits can call other rabbits cute thing. I was like, eh, it's 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 okay. Um, well, it's not meant for you. That's true. It's not meant for me. That's a good point. But um, I think Wreck It Ralph again. It was one of those identity crisis movies um, that you really got to think about, like who you are and what your role in society is. You're having a lot and, of those, um, aren't you? Yeah, it, dude. I hated myself for the longest time. <laughs> well, it's um, because I hate you now. Oh, dude, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Wreck It Ralph moves on for me. Um, and for the last modern matchup, uh, we've got, is this the, yeah, these are the last matchups. Oh, wow. That's quick. Um, I guess there's only eight matchups. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you got Lilo and Stitch against the Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. I think Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch. I think, cause like the Emperor's New Groove is like kind of, it's, it's almost like a cult following. Like people, like you gotta, like it's, Lilo and Stitch is just a better overall movie. Emperor's New Groove like has fans because of how like ridiculous it is and how yeah. stupid it is, but like and that's why it makes it great. But stinky llama face, um, pull the lever, crunk. <laughs> so funny. And my matchup was Lilo and Stitch versus Big Hero Six. 
And because I'm predictable, I went with Big Hero 6. I just cannot get enough of that movie. Hero is one of the best, like, main characters uh, in a a Disney movie, in my opinion. Is your your final matchup going to be Aladdin versus Big Hero 6? I think it... No, no, it's not. It's not. Well, I kind of spoiled it, but it is not. We'll be good. Um, Okay, so that wraps up the Sweet 16. I do want to talk about the... uh, (laughs) The standings right now. After we sent out our, um, after we sent out the poll again, uh, after the official bracket has filled out the Sweet 16, Hunter, you're sitting at 50 total points. Oh God! And I'm sitting at 53. So Ooh. we're very close. Whoa. We're very close. And we're getting to the point where one of us is going to run away with it. Yeah, it's probably going to um, be you, honestly. On, yeah. Who knows though? Who knows though? We have very like very similar. Um, uh, not very similar. Sorry. Both of us have like. The official bracket has eliminated some of our both of ours that have gone very far, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, um, so moving on from that, uh, we want to head on to our next segment, which is our uh, recurring segments of embarrassing stories. So, Hunter, this week I want to hear about the most embarrassing injury you've ever uh, ever sustained. If you need some time to think about it, then um, absolutely, I will go first. You go first. Okay. So this is not only is this the most embarrassing injury, um, it was probably the one that was most detriment- detrimental to my uh, my health. Um, so when I was growing up, I had a real bad uh, succession to concussions, and I think I think the tally is five uh, from the ones that I've had between playing soccer and lacrosse, or soccer football and lacrosse. Um, just get like getting beaten in the head and getting like hit with shots and just getting tackled really hard. Like uh, I had a lot of concussions. Um, it was my sophomore year. I played um, tight end on uh, my football team, and uh, we were up in North Carolina County, which is a county on the eastern shore. And we were playing them and, like, absolutely destroying them. Like, it was not even a close game. And so there was one play that we got where it was like a, it was like a 50-yard breakout. And, you know, the linemen don't run that whole 50 yards because we got to keep blocking. So I had blocked this one kid and, like, gotten him completely out of the way and, like, didn't realize where the ball was. So I, like, was kind of standing my ground making sure that it was already gone. And so I looked up and the ball was way beyond me. I'm like, oh, sweet. So I start, like, jogging towards the, towards the huddle and out of nowhere, cracked, like, speared under my helmet. Like, my helmet, like, it was, like, jagged when I hit the ground. But I tell you, I was scared out of my mind because when I hit the ground, I couldn't hear anything. It was just, like, my ears were ringing and I was, like, my, eye, my vision was blurry and I was freaking out. I was, like, what in the world is happening? And I get up and there's this kid that's, like, kind of, like, looking at me like, yeah, yeah, what's up? I'm, like, you blindsided me, bro. That's not a tough hit. Um, so I got up and started like oh god I got to get to the huddle I took three steps and boom fell flat on my face oh my god it was like I just hit the ground I'm like oh no so I got up I heard my coach yelling at me to get off the field so I get off and I throw my helmet off and I just sit down and I'm like oh my god and apparently I don't remember this because I was unconscious but my mom was screaming so loud to get that kid knocked out of the game and the ref didn't even see it didn't even throw a flag it was ridiculous Um, so I ended up being out with a concussion for about a month Um, but the reason that it was so embarrassing was because I was telling my this story to my lovely girlfriend Katie, <laughs> and she goes, "Wait a minute, I remember that game." And I said, "Huh?" <laughs> so it turns out that my uh, girlfriend at that time, like we had just started dating, but my girlfriend, not only was she at that game, she was a cheerleader in that game nice. for the other school, <laughs> and nice. she remembered me getting hit. So and then we then we met about what five years. 
five years later. So uh, yeah, you know, that was that her first impression of me was a big tree that fell pretty hard, and that's why it was by far the most embarrassing injury that I've ever had. That's uh, that's some that's some special there, Derek. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so there's there's one that's like there's one that I just want to tell just because it's stupid because I'm an idiot. Oh, you are. But there's another one that's like actually like why like how dumb can I be that I got this injury? But so the first one that's not my actual one is like okay, so when I when you play youth hockey, usually what happens is when you're not playing, usually when you play youth hockey, you're playing you know in the same age group as you as other people. So like if you're in high school, you play on 16 year, 18 year, right? Well. When you're playing like on a, on a recreational team and not like a, a really competitive travel team, a lot of times uh, when you're in high school, it's all four years. So it's basically like a high school team, um, but it's just like at a private club. So when I was in eighth grade, though, I played up in age division. So I went from like the 14 user basically, and I played up in this high school age division. And I'm playing with guys that are like 18, 17, 18 years old, and I'm like not even 15 yet, right? But I was like a big kid, so they're like, he can do it. Um, and then there was this one game where we were playing this team, and like they were like really good, and we were like, uh, we, we were getting absolutely creamed by them. It was like seven to two or something like that. Uh, and they had this one dude who was like probably like 18 years old, clear like loser senior in high school and like basically he he his job he wasn't even good his job was like he was a goon all he did was like pick on other players and uh when we were you going like puck battles in the corner he'd be like screw maybe chirping you in the corner and i like just got under my skin so much because you know you're like a, a hot-blooded 14 year old you just want to kill everybody um not actually but you know in sports you know what yeah, I mean. yeah. um <laughs> Uh, so it was the end of the game and we're losing really bad and I was like screw this so this kid like gets the puck in the middle of the ice and he leaves his whole body wide open in the middle of the ice and he's standing compl- and he's like kind of gliding which is like perfect recipe for like the biggest open ice hit you could possibly imagine so I'm like sick let me just go take this kid out because I don't care there's like 10 seconds left I'm just gonna wail on him which to all the listeners out there you should never do um, cause that's violent and mean <laughs> uh, but I guess he saw me coming at the last second. <laughs> so what happened was is he plants his feet into the ground, which in hockey is a terrible idea because you're on skis. You easily blow out your knee, which he ended up doing. Um, and I, like, made full contact with him, but not before he got his, like, fist out and decks me clean in, like, the clean in the cage of my helmet. So I, like, we both went flying in opposite directions, and I land. And then I'm, like, fine, but this kid, like, just completely tore his knee. Like, it was completely screwed. Um, and I get up and I like skate and everybody was like, whoa, like, oh my God, they were like, they were like cheering me up from the bench and I skate towards the bench and all of a sudden like the most intense pounding in my head of my, like starts, it was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And I literally just fell over. And then apparently when they got me on the bench, like, I don't even remember this. They like looked at my eyes and apparently my, my pupils were like the size of someone's like, like thumb. They were like huge. They were like, oh my God. So I had like a pretty nasty concussion from that. So it was just a, that was just embarrassing a little bit, just because like <laughs> there was no reason for me to do that, and the kid was just like still he still was like screw this kid and just punched me in the face. And I was like okay, nice. My nice. actual embarrassing story is a lot quicker than that. <laughs> uh, we were I did it to my it was so stupid. I did it to myself. We were I had to do it to him. We were playing a we were playing a, like a pickup session um, just for fun on a Saturday. It was it was Christmas Eve, uh, and we. I think it was Christmas. Yeah, it was Christmas Eve. I was in also in eighth grade. Eighth grade was a fun year. Um, and I like was going to the straps on your helmet when you go to put it on. Like you got to pop like a, a not a button, but it's like a strap in place basically. And I went to go press it. Usually you just take your thumb and you press it. Well, I'm like sitting there and I'm not really paying attention to what I'm doing. Uh, and I like 
I like went and clicked it, and all I hear is just like <laughs> noise oh. in my thumb, and I was like, "Oh no, what was that?" And like it was super painful, and I was like, "Ow!" Like ah, and like I just I like I heard it, and I thought I like tore a ligament in my thumb or something. And oh, I was like, I, you could just hear it like t- like, and I was like, it sounded like paper being ripped in half, and I was like, "Oh!" And then I was like, "This really hurts," but whatever, I'm here to play. So I like played the entire like pickup game on it, and it was like fun or whatever, and I was fine. But then like the whole day, I was like, "This really hurts," and I go to the to patient first. And they're like, they like did an x-ray on it and they were like, nothing's torn, nothing's broken. They were like, you probably just sprained it. And they were like, what did you do? And so, <laughs> so I told them and the doctor literally looked at me and he was like, why are you dumb? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm only like 14. I don't know what's going on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I, I had my thumb in like a, in like a, what do you call it kind of thing that you put? Splint? Was it a splint? Probably, right? Yeah. Is that what that's called? The little things with the pads on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a splint. I thought the splint was like when you... That's another type of a splint. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know medical uh, things, but... You're um, a theater major. I know. <laughs> uh, but, so yeah, that was like really stupid about how I just kind of like basically sprained my own thumb just trying to put on hockey equipment. And then I went, you know, ATV sledding on the back of a trash can lid in West Virginia for three days. So, and then I took it off when I was doing that and my friends were like... You're gonna kill yourself, and I was like, "Well, at least I'm gonna go out strong." So, I think I think the moral of all of these stories is that it's a good thing we stopped playing organized sports when we were 18. <laughs> yes, we probably would have killed ourselves at one point or another. Correct. Um, great. So, always as always, um, the reason we tell these embarrassing stories is so that everybody knows that uh, you know you're not alone in your terribly embarrassing lives. So everyone knows that Derek isn't perfect. I'm not perfect, and I'm far from it, and uh, I, uh, everybody knows that Hunter's not perfect, but, um, hey. but everybody makes mistakes, everybody, everybody has, has those days. days, everybody knows what, what I'm talking about, everybody gets that way. Um, <laughs> um, okay, moving on, uh, we are going to talk about something that has been pissing a lot of people off recently, including ourselves. Um, the Academy Awards, oh the Oscars. Uh, there's a few things. Like I don't usually pay attention to the Oscar nominations. Um, I, I when a movie that I really liked gets nominated for something, I get pretty hype about it. Uh, but I feel like this year in particular, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like people upset about it. Whether it's um, I mean, there's always an issue with uh, lack of women recognition, lack of um, POC recognition. Um, but there's a few topics that I personally got really upset about. We're going to talk about them here. Uh, the first of which is, even though I have not seen it, I have seen a lot of uh, backlash about it, and I want to know your opinion because you have. The fact that Uncut Gems did not get a nomination for anything. Um, what do you have to say? Because I know you saw Uncut Gems and loved it. Well, so. I, I technically, I haven't seen it. Oh, I thought um, you saw it. Tyler saw it. Oh. And Tyler oh. was talking to me about it, but I really want to see it because he, he basically gave me a whole rundown of the, of the entire movie. Okay. And what's dumb is that, like, Adam Sandler is apparently, like, unbelievably good in that movie. Like, it's, like, it's basically, like, uh, I gotta find, let me find what Tyler said about it. Because, and Tyler, thank you for letting me use this, because I love you and I don't ask for permission for things. Um, (laughs) Uncut gems... Well, all I know Uh, is when I saw... I should probably get in front of the mic. Um, All I know is that when I saw that it didn't get uh, nominated for anything... Um, Adam Sandler had a quote like before that said, "If I get snubbed this year, I'm gonna make a movie that is so effing bad on purpose." <laughs> like, I mean, like, sure. He already made Jack and Jill. Yeah, I was about so. to say Jack and Jill two's coming out, bro. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> no, but I, it's like Tyler said something along the lines of like, "It's a, 
it's a movie where he really wants or he really wants to root for like the the main character adam sandler in this case but like it's just so just like it gets under your skin and just so you're just so like i i like him so uncomfortable and just it's so vivid and so like raw um i don't think anybody was thought that the guy who was in grown-ups was capable of something like that uh and just like it just looks like a movie that should be nominated for academy awards and it got like nothing which is like crazy um but i, I don't know i want to i do want to see it like i want to see it pretty badly um but I, the academy the academy's dumb all they do is nominate they nominate movies that like it's gonna they nominate films that get people to watch basically right so like you know they're they're gonna nominate film like uh what's what's that movie that was really dumb that got nominated um like Marriage Story. Ooh, I'm gonna talk of course, about that. Of course, they nom- of course they got nominated for like forget even like like nominate Adam Driver for like best like lead actor. I was like come on like he was not that good right. Um, but they know that people are gonna watch it because there's so they're gonna watch the Oscars because there's so much backlash against that movie and people that like the movie. Oh, so yeah. like people are gonna watch. But Uncut Gems, it's like should have been nominated for stuff. Yeah. Even if you, regardless of Adam Sandler's performance of the movie itself, there are aspects of it that probably should have been nominated. But the Academy's stupid and, like, it's a bunch of just white guys in a room that just yeah. want their own agenda. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk... Well, there's two more things. Uh, the other thing was... The next thing is that um, a movie that came out last year that you and I uh, held very dear to our hearts. Um, we saw it together at uh, the midnight hour. Mm. Um, Avengers Endgame mm. uh, came away with no- one nomination, uh, that being the uh, for best visual effects. Mm. And based on its uh, competition, it will most likely win it. The only thing that I think might have a chance in beating it because the Academy is stupid is um, The Lion King. But... Mm. Um, I think I think it's still gonna win. But I think it will still win. And the reason the reason I'm a little upset about this, I don't think that just because it was the um, it is the top grossing movie of all time, I don't think it should have been nominated for best picture because mm-hmm. I don't think it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should have been nominated for um, best screenplay because I, or best like uh, writing for a screenplay because I don't think it was. But original score could have been up there. Um, best supporting actors for pretty much anybody in the movie. Uh, best leading actor for Robert Downey Jr. I think he could have gotten at least a nomination. If it would have won, probably not. But I think that movie, for what it is and what it did for the film industry, not just superhero films, but for the film industry in general, I think that it should have been gotten a little bit more recognition. Mm. Um, I, I mainly, I know people probably going to be thinking like, oh, just because it's like sold the most, it's like not not a great a good movie, blah, blah, blah. I want to point attention back to Avatar, uh, the year that came out. It got nominated for six Oscars and won two of them. So, like, and that movie is objectively a bad movie. So, I don't know. It won Best Visual Effects because, of course, it did. And I think it won, like, Best Screenplay or something. Something like that, So, like, it's, it's, I don't get it. I really don't get what the Academy is, like, going for because objectively, even when I saw it when it first came out, it's not a good movie. Yeah. So, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here. I really don't understand how it didn't get, like, for original score because yeah, like yeah. joker was nominated little women which has a really phenomenal score which is really good um 1917 haven't seen but looks pretty good and star wars always gets nominated because like the music in those movies they always use some of the same stuff from previous from the original yeah. trilogy yeah, yeah. but like at the, like it, it was a good score also like how did it not get nominated for like best cinematography because like the the shots in that movie the way it was the way it was put together are like Unbelievable. They have like multiple. There's a Twitter account that's like perfect, like Marvel shots or whatever. And like, there's multiple shots from Endgame that are just like unbelievably like picture picturesque and like tell the story of the entire film. Um, but like, superhero movies just never 
they're they're never gonna get like the recognition they deserve because a lot no, of people just not. a lot of people just see them as just like explosions and wow. Well, when everybody was pushing for Black Panther to be nominated for Best Picture, they were considering adding a bet like I forget what the term was, but they were gonna add another category just so they didn't have to do that. Mm. Do I think Black Panther should have won Best Picture? Probably not. Mm. But a nomination like that's a nomination almost means nothing at this point. From what being nominated, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. So like, just throw throw a freaking bone. You. You can hate Marvel movies. You can criticize them absolutely fairly. I think Phase One of Marvel, with the exception of Avengers One and Iron Man One, um, was a horrible collection of movies. Mm-hmm. But starting in Iron Man One in two thousand eight, and then going all the way to Endgame in two thousand nineteen, you got you cannot deny the impact and like the what is shown for what a movie franchise and what a movie series can can do. Yeah. And I think I think that'll have some um, some impacts in the future. Uh, I have one more thing to talk about with the Oscars, but I really want to just uh, add some ASMR in here. So um, everyone, quiet. Oh f- yeah, okay. Um, Why did you? <laughs> <laughs> and I get to I get Eric. to say to myself. Cool. That's disgusting. Um, last thing I want to talk about is like you alluded to, Marriage Story. So Marriage Story, if you do not know, is the Netflix original movie. Uh, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson about a young couple with a young son uh, who is going through a pretty tough divorce and um, just kind of like goes off about uh, about what that entails. Um, this movie got nominated for Best Original Screenplay, Best Original Score, uh, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, I forget, the, I forget who it was, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Scarlett Johansson, Best Actor in a Leading Role for Adam Driver, and Best Picture. Now, I don't know if you've heard me talk about this movie, but this movie is not good. This movie is not a good movie. If you you've, if you haven't seen the movie, you've probably seen the, the fight scene, um, the argument scene rolling about on Twitter. And everybody's talking about how that is, those are the Oscar moments. Those are the reasons, that's the reason that they got nominated. I have never seen more high school drama club acting from two superstars in the industry and people think that it's a good scene well it's also like you know the, the academy is like uh, they're pardon my french but they're basically a horse for people just screaming at each other that's true um, that's and true. they call that like effective like acting and i know a lot of people on twitter i know the scene you're talking about i know on twitter i saw a lot of people they were like well dang if these this gets nominated for for like best actors magazine they were like so should like the couple downstairs from, so from my, my apartment parents. Building. yeah so should my parents like i was like if that's actually how it is then sure like if it's representational but like if it's like i, I guess i guess a lot of times when, when especially in like my, in my acting classes that I've been in, we talk about like you want to be representational of like the actual thing, um, but on but and that's on stage. Like on stage, on stage, you have to be like believable that you're actually watching it take place. But on film, it needs to be a little heightened. Like when you're in a, when you're in an actual movie, like and you're watching just everyday slices of life, it's not like you're like this is a boring movie. Like why am I watching this? Um, on stage, it's different. So I think a scene like that could work well on stage but like in a, in a movie it's just like they're basically like you're angry you're like upset with each other just scream at each other and like there are definitely been moments where i'm upset with somebody and like i'm really irritated with them and i just want to scream in their face but also like that's not all arguing is and that's not all that like bad relation excuse me like bad relationships are um so like just saying like you're you know a, and i granted i haven't seen the movie so i don't know what led up to that scene um but like it's just a director saying like you guys are mad at each other go is like that's and that's what you produce like that 
real argument like I think like real arguments are when you're like when you're seething so much that like you either not you don't talk or like you're just you're just like I can't even describe it you're, you're not so like screaming at each other is like not the real thing no basically. it's absolutely not and I, I do want to give some credit to Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson I am of the opinion that Adam Driver is a good actor Scarlett Johansson slightly less so but she's still obviously a famous movie star um, I think the thing that really kills that movie is the the script Mm. Um, I think they did what the best that they could with the script that they were given, mm-hmm. and it's it's when you when the argument goes from Adam Driver bragging about how he could have sex with any girl that he wanted, but he didn't because he was married, mm-hmm. um, to Scarlett Johansson literally throwing a temper tantrum, to Adam Driver giving the softest punch to the wall and it's still breaking, um, to Adam Driver saying. That he wakes up every morning and wishes that she was dead hmm. and then cries in her arms. And that's how the scene ends. It's such a bad script. And the fact that it got nominated for so many like so many accolades. Granted, I don't really I'm not very good at judging music, so like maybe it is a really good score. I don't know. But like it oh god, it should not have gotten the recognition that it did. It is not a good I've seen you haven't seen Tall Girl, have you? Mm-mm. It is one of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen, and is it is unironically more enjoyable than watching Marriage Story. Ooh. So I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I really don't get it. But um, I mean, the bottom line is the Oscars are stupid. I'm pr- not gonna watch them. I'm probably just gonna look at the. Look at the the results afterwards, just to, so I can be angry. The fact that Marriage Story probably won four, three out of the six Oscars it got nominated for. Well, I think. Well, mm, what were the ones it was nominated for? Well, okay. I, if I have to say, it, it might win. I think it will probably win actor in a leading role for Adam Driver. Um, I don't know about that one. See, I don't think it should, but I think it will. Well, who's pay. he? Who's he up against? Let's He's, look. I think Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker. Okay, um, well, that was unbelievable. That was incredible, but they like the Academy doesn't like uh, comic movies. They don't. Yeah, but I mean, the movie, like Joker itself, was less of a comic book movie, and it's more of like I hate using the phrase case study because that's what everyone's calling it. But like, it, it's it's like it's more like it's a it's a it's an actual movie just with this like with this like filter thrown on top of it of being a comic movie. Oh, like, yeah, that's fair. Because like the whole movie, have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. The no. whole movie like isn't. Yeah, like like the Wayne family is in it, and they make reference to it. But like you, if you just watched it without knowing it was a comic book movie, couldn't tell me it was. Okay, um, until like the last fifteen minutes. When, I mean, like he wears the makeup for most of the movie, but it's because he's like an actual like clown actor, you know. So like he, you couldn't tell me that it's like yeah, you couldn't tell me it's a comic book movie until the end of the movie when like it all comes full circle. But he's also up against uh, he's also up against Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which that was an unbelievable performance. And then two movies I haven't seen: uh, Jonathan Price and the Two Popes, and Antonio Banderas and Pain and Glory. Yeah, I didn't see Pain and Glory. I have not seen that, but I I don't I just don't think that he has a. Str- I think he's got the nomination just to give the movie buzz. Yeah, but okay, I don't think fair. I don't think he's gonna win that. That's fair. Okay, we'll see. We'll see when what February. 9th comes around? Okay. February 10th is when we will uh, be week. have our have our screw the Oscars party. Week after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Speaking of which, dude, for that, thank you for that seg, bro. Six seg, We're going to go into the NFL recap because a lot has a lot happened is in the happened. last few weeks. But we're going to keep it focused to playoffs. Mm, okay. Um, the Titans. Bro. Holy crap. Bro. When we were in the same room uh, when they beat the, the Patriots. And that was an incredible feat. Good Holy game. Holy crap, that was great. Sorry, Maya, if you're listening. 
Um, and then watching the Titans take down the Ravens, not only, well, it was glorious for me because, you know, I hate the Ravens, but oh my God, it was so shocking that they walked into Baltimore and shoved it down their throats. Yeah, I mean, the, Absolutely the final it. score also doesn't represent what the actual game is like. I mean, it was, what, 28-12 was final score or yes, something like that? Yes, yes. But, like, the Ravens barely put six points on the boards through three quarters or something like that. So, like, they completely – it's like, yeah, Derrick Henry's crazy and, like, ball possession and ball time. Like, they just feed the beast and control the clock. But that defense is lights out right now. Like, they're – they're nine and seven, but they are like the hottest team in the NFL. Oh, no. Like they're a train that can't be stopped. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so the Titans are Titans, man. I, I I kind of want the Titan train right now. I mean, I am too. But I, I think tomorrow, I think the the NFC game tomorrow, the Packers and the 49ers is gonna it's gonna be a fine game, be interesting. Um, but that Chiefs Titans game has the potential to just be like unbelievable. Oh, that's gonna be an incredible game. I can't wait. Um, speaking of that, uh, <laughs> the Packers. Um, I think, in my opinion, I want them to go to the Super Bowl. I do. I do. Do I think it's going to happen, though? Probably not. <laughs> well, I so I hate the 49ers more than anybody. They're so irritating. Ugh. And, uh, you know, Ugh. I I love Richard Sherman when he was on the Seahawks, but now I understand why everyone hates him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's so annoying. But, but he backs it up with good play. Like, he's still good, you know? Um, I That defense balls out. I'm curious, though. When it comes to how much experience does everybody have on the field, right? And Aaron Rodgers has a lot to play for because, you know, the, the same draft they took Alex Smith, which kind of, you know, some can say set back their franchise. Um, he They passed up on him and he went to Green Bay and he's from Northern California. Uh, and I, I wonder what his record is when he plays in San Francisco. I don't know. Let me look it up real quick. But... When, when you talk about experience on the field, that's a young 49ers team. And, yeah, yeah they, like, they shut down, like, the Vikings, but it's the Vikings. Like, it's not – they had a good game against the Saints. I think they're just Saint killers. I think they're just <laughs> – you know, they, I guess they don't like Catholics, but uh, they <laughs> – Boo. <laughs> TBT to when the Pope tweeted out and used the, the Pope's Twitter account. Used the <laughs> Thanks, hashtag Saints. Saints and the Saints logo came up. Anyway, uh, but like, you know, the, everyone's like, oh, they dominated the Vikings. And I was like, yeah, well, the Vikings suck. Yeah, like, the Vikings not that good. had no reason to you be know? there. They had no reason to be, even be in that game. No. And I'd much rather see the Saints play, um, what well, it would have been the Packers in the second round, right? Yeah, and the Seahawks would have gone to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, yeah. But regardless, um, they shut down the Vikings. Everyone's like, eh, they were like being touted as this great unit. And I was like, the Vikings, it's Kirk Cousins. He sucks. He's not that good. Um, and, you know, when you talk about the, the people on that defense, the defense is lights out. They're so good. But they got like, I think, the, you can play an Aaron Rodgers yeah, in the yeah, NFC yeah. Championship game, That's right? Fair. That's fair. My, and might I remind you, I think it was the last time that they were in the pat, they were in the NFC Championship, mm, Green Bay Packers. I think it was 2016 against the Falcons. I believe you're correct. Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. Yeah, well. Um, uh, wait, was it that game? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, they haven't been there um, since. Yeah, and they got smoked, 44-21. Yeah, to 21. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I, Aaron Rodgers is probably one of his last shots. And credit Matt LaFleur for, like, being a, a good coach in his yeah, first yeah, season. Yeah. But everyone's saying they're the fakest, like, 14-3 and three team in football. And I'm like, well, I mean, they, they – pretty much manhandled the Seahawks who are flawed um but then they also like they're going into San Francisco against a young inexperienced team in the playoffs 
given that the last time that Kyle Shanahan was in a game of this magnitude, which was the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, they stopped like doing. They stopped running their game plan in the second half and got lost to the Patriots in overtime. So I think he's going to put pedal to the metal and just like you know go hard the entire game. But I, I you just can't count out Aaron Rodgers. If the 49ers open up with like a, with like a, a, a two score lead early, it's their game. But if the Packers keep it close, because they got it, they got a pretty good defense on that side too, and you got all that experience. Um, I, I think it's not as much of a shoe in as some people think, but I would also like to see them go because I hate the 49ers. <laughs> I hate those guys. I, you know, it's crazy. I think the, for the first time in a long time, going into championship weekend, I there is no team left that I actively root against. I, I think if I had to pick, like, I mean, I'm a Redskins fan. Uh, if I had to pick a good team to be a fan of, I think I'd go with Green Bay. Just because, like, you can't... I, I know that Aaron Rodgers has his problems personally, <laughs> but as an organization, like, you can't hate Green Bay. Like, they're they're it's great a city. organization. City-owned, like, uh, fan-owned. Like, it's... And, and they're from Wisconsin. Like, come on. Uh, it's, it's like, I, I really like Green Bay. So, I like Green Bay. I don't... I, don't really care about the 49ers. I'm all on the Titan train right now. I Tighten think I, I would love to see them go. And the Chiefs, you know, if I had to, like, if I think it would be cool to see a, um, a Packers-Chiefs quarter, quarterback Super Bowl um, for that uh, for that Super Bowl one like, recap mm-hmm. in the NFL's 100 season, get a matchup. My heart really wants to be Packers-Titans. But if I'm being realistic, I think the Super Bowl is going to be 49ers-Chiefs. What do you think? Um, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I, I really can't predict it just because, like, I, my my gut tells me to pick the Chiefs over the Titans. But the way they're rolling right now, if they can control the clock, it's basically as long as you keep Pat Holmes off the field for as long as possible, they have a, a very good shot at winning. And with their game. emphasis on the run game, that's, like, not a that's It's not, not a hard, hard to do. Like, yeah. you just keep running the ball. Um, and I, I think that... So the Packers already got destroyed by the Chiefs in Week 12 this year. It was like 37 to 8 or something. And so that's not going to happen again. Like, there's no way. You don't do that twice in a season. They've already seen the 49ers. They know how to beat them. You know, Matt Matt LaFleur um, has his buddies in Seattle and definitely asks about, like, hey, because we've slowed him down multiple times. He's also friends with uh, Sean McVay out in L.A. And so, like, he's asked. I know I heard on uh, Good Morning Football that he was – Talking to Sean McVay and saying, like, what did you guys do to slow down the 49ers? And, like, so it's definitely possible. Plus, if you rattle Jimmy G, like, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but he's not, like, never been there before. He's yeah. only been there yeah. on the bench. So, like, I I think Packers-Titans would be fun. Packers-Titans would be a great, be a fun game. great um, If that were the case, I don't even know who I'd want to win that game because, like, Titans would be a great story, but it's Rodgers. Like, yeah. you want yeah, Rodgers yeah. to get that second ring because everyone's like, oh, he's not as good as the other quarterback. Only has one ring, which I hate that argument. But yeah, championships uh, should not stupid. be your. Yeah, no, it absolutely should not be. Um, but, and plus, like, when a historic franchise wins a Super Bowl, it's always nice. But the Titans, man, like, that'd be cool. I think, I think. We're gonna go Chiefs Packers. That's my that's my prediction. Chiefs Packers. That's what okay. I'm going with. Cool, cool. I do want to point out this last thing we we're gonna talk about with football. Um, in episode one of this podcast, which was I think like the beginning of you know what, I'm gonna look on Spotify right now like what time it was. It's actually not on Spotify because the file got corrupted when I when we actually moved to Spotify. Um, but I want to see what week the uh, first episode would have been. Um, so November 24th was the second episode, so it would have been November about 17th. Um, I said 
the Baltimore Ravens were going to lose their first playoff game, and you called me crazy. For good reason. Absolutely crazy. And I called it. I have been saying since the beginning the Ravens were not going to show up in the playoffs because they were going to be inexperienced where they were at, and I was right, and I will never let this down. <laughs> well, I think the other thing is, like, I, I hate resting pl- I understand why Harbaugh rested a lot of his players, but, like, they were like, yeah, they get to sit at home for three weeks. Like, yeah, but, like, they haven't played. That's a bad thing. No, they I think that's a played. very bad they thing. They haven't played. So, like, it's, I mean, he, he was asking for it. Um, you got a red-hot Titans. Like, you know, you know that when you're the number one seed, you're going to get a team that barely gets into the playoffs, and, like, they're hot coming in because they got to win out. Uh, and if they, God forbid, you play them, like especially with the formula that they got going on, you called it. I called you crazy for it for good reason, based on <laughs> based on the way that they were playing. Like they were steamrolling everybody. Um, but you know, props to you for being Nostradamus or something. Nostradamus. I, I mean, let's be honest here. Um, Lamar Jackson is and absolutely deserves the MVP of the this season. Yeah. Um, and so good on Lamar Jackson. I I really do hope that he. Uh, he has a prosperous uh, future, which I think is going to happen. Good old action, Jack. He's going to win a Super Bowl. He's going to win a Super Bowl in the next few years, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and for those of you that hate football, we're done talking about it. The last thing I want to talk about, um, since this is our first episode of the of the decade, Whoa. I want to give a uh, 2010s decade in review. Oh, God. We want to talk about our favorite um, things that came out in the last 10 years. Uh, just our personal opinions. Just really quick, a couple different topics. Um of what our favorite movies from the last 10 years, or our favorite things from the last 10 years were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing we're going to start off with is what's your favorite movie? And I'm going to preface this by saying we're going to divide this into two because you and I have such an affinity for this series of movies. First of all, what is your favorite MCU movie that came out in the last 10 years? <laughs> okay. Uh, oh. I have all mine written down, so I can go first if you want me to. Uh, I'm gonna go with Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. I okay. really liked Winter Soldier a okay. lot. I thought that was awesome. Okay. Any any particular reason? Um, I think. Well, I liked what they were able to do with the Captain America story, and like, you know, like even in the comics too, you pull him out of the ice, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's it, they just made it. They made it so relevant and like culturally important, I guess, because like having Winter Soldier in DC. It's like, really, like, it's Captain America. He's basically helping with, like, intelligence organizations and stuff and uh, making it just... It, it, it expanded the MC, It expanded outside of the MCU while keeping it contained within a comic movie. And also, it's just like an... Inc- the Russo brothers are unbelievable. They are very so. good. Um, personally, and this is very predictable, my favorite uh, movie in the last decade in the MCU was Spider-Man Far From Home. Of course. Uh, I am a big slut for Spider-Man. Um, I think he is the best superhero of all time. Uh, but the reason I love Far From Home so much is because, well, I love Spider-Man just because you know he's the he's the wallflower, he's the the, the kid and the kid in way over his head at, at this point in the MCU. Um, but Far From Home, I think, was a great transitionary period because I think Spider-Man is the perfect uh, superhero to exemplify what the what the state of the universe is going to be like after uh, Thanos. Mm. And just throwing him into this, going from friendly neighborhood Spider-Man to essentially the next Iron Man, and watching Peter struggle with that, and finally like break down into tears when he was talking to Happy on the plane, like I don't, I'm not ready for this. I'm not Iron Man, and Happy's like, Hey, you're not Iron Man. You're not supposed to be Iron Man. Just be Spider-Man, and that's when it like that's that was that 
that really hit hard. Um, plus, just God, Spider Man's so good. So, also, Jake Gyllenhaal was Jake Gyllenhaal. Awesome it was incredible in that movie. I love Mysterio. I, Mysterio has always been one of my favorite Spider Man villains, and the, what they did with him in that movie. People are a little annoyed that he was another Stark employee, but like, I think it fit very yeah, well. It I made think, sense in context. I think it fit very well into um, into Peter's story and the fact that even though his Tony is gone, he's still around. all of his effects are still around. Good and bad. Hmm. So, um, I and I think that I think that was really good. But anyways, yeah, Spider-Man: Far From Home, by far my favorite movie MCU movie of the decade. Um, so, what was your favorite overall movie of the decade? Oh God! Yeah. Oh God. Uh, do you have one? I do. Okay, you and go you're gonna roll your eyes. Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Oh my God. <laughs> Come on, Derek. That's I, a cop out. It's not a cop out. I genuinely love this movie so much. I went into it with pretty like mediocre expectations because I'm like, oh, it's another Spider-Man movie. I'm probably gonna like it just because it is a Spider-Man movie, whether it's good or bad, whether it's like corny like the Sam Raimi trilogy, whether it's flat out bad like the the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, but into the Spider-Verse, the music, the animation, the plot, the voice actors—oh my god—is seriously one of the best stories I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And watching Miles have to like basically be thrust into a position of of responsibility and being told like hey you're not ready for this and he goes of course I'm not ready for this and then he realizes that like the people that in his life have faith in him and know that he's like can do amazing things and then he goes and does those amazing things the scene the what's up danger scene is in my opinion one of the best it was a freaking animated movie and it was one of the best cinema cinema cinemagraphic I guess Experiences I've ever witnessed. It's so good. Oh my! I love that movie with all of my heart. I unapologetically think it was the best movie of the 2010s. Mm. I'm gonna go with Interstellar. Okay, that's I fair. I really like that movie. Like you know, sometimes you watch movies, you're like, oh, I love that movie, and you just watch it just for the memory of what it was like seeing it for the first time. Yeah. That movie because also like I don't understand like physics and stuff. Uh, just like gets me every time. Also, I just love anything with Matthew McConaughey in it. Um, but that that movie is just so interesting and makes you like think about like. You know, are we alone out there? Are there people that are like, is there like some higher power? Which I believe that there is some kind of like, not necessarily a religious thing, but like some kind of higher being. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is like not necessarily pulling strings, but can, that is just overwatching us all the time. And just like it's, it's an interesting concept. And I know that like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has said like the the science in it is pretty accurate. Like it's, yeah, it's it is pretty it is. close. Um, so that's kind of it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, but also like the way that they take a really complex subject and make it easier to understand. Yeah. You know? So I really enjoyed it. Thought it was a good film, um, and I love watching it every single time. It's it was really good, and I I think one of the best lines from that movie is when um, he's asking about his his pants size and his inseam, and he says, um, "Tell me why it takes two numbers to measure your ass, but one to measure my son's future." And I was like, "Whoa!" Because when he's talking about his SAT or something, I'm like, "Yikes! This hits." Mm-hmm. As, someone, as someone who absolutely despises standardized testing, um, also like you know, it's a good. You know, whether you believe global warming is a hoax or not. And um, if you do, then you're an idiot. Yeah. But. but, you know, good good kind of, I guess, looking to the future. Where the heck are we going to be yeah, if right. the planet keeps getting too hot? Um, moving on, uh, what was your favorite song of the decade? Jesus. Yeah, um, it took me a little bit. And I, can, I, can, I can go first while you think. Um, mine took a long time, and I think my runner-up was um, High Hopes. Mm. Which is 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 predictable for me, but uh, I went I with I went with Tomorrow Never Comes by uh, Zach Brown Band, uh, mm. the acoustic version because the electronic version is good, but it's not nearly as good as the acoustic version. Um, it's it's really talking about how uh, Zach Brown has a lot of songs that are like 
we don't know what the future holds, so let's just enjoy life while we can. Like, mm. like quiet your mind. The chorus is soak it all in. It's a game you can't win. Enjoy the ride. Um, and Tomorrow Never Comes is very similar to that. It's like I've been searching for answers that I'll never find. And it's like um, just live like tomorrow never comes. Uh, there's no end in sight. Let's just do it. Mm. I, I think it's a really, really great message, really great song. Uh, the harmonies in that in that band in general, but in that song are just so beautiful. And I think it's I think it's it, the best song of the decade. Yeah, I'm you know I'm one of those people that uh, like gets really like hooked on a song for a long time and then just lets it go. And I'm like that was my favorite. Like that's I you always have a rotating favorite. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. You know, it's never one song. We're always like yeah. Um, I think one song that always gets me like really like happy though or just like in a good mood is Chicken Fried Every Time by yeah. Zach Brown Band. I just like enjoy. Did that come out in two thousand in the two thousand tens? Yeah, it did. Um, it's not my favorite though of the of the oh, decade. Because okay. um, like. It's just, I know what your favorite is. What do you think? Mobamba. It no, it's not. Uh, let's see, what year did that come out? Hello? We'll just look at the Wikipedia. It'll, it'll say when it was released. Oh, no, it was released 2008. I told you it wasn't oh, 2010. No. Um, Uncaged, I think, was their first uh, first album in, thought, 2000, in the 2010s. Oh, man, that makes me upset. Um no, I really like uh, Luke Combs' music. Um, yeah, Luke Combs. I good. think a uh, oh, worse the song. I forget the name of it. Long dick, not that one. Cold beer never broke my heart. Yeah, I like Luke Combs a lot, but I think um, let me see if I can find it. Mm-hmm. Filling the dead air because Hunter hey, 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 is searching. I almost got it. I almost got it. Long neck, ice cold beer. It's beautiful. Broke my heart. It's beautiful. Um, About to start doing ASMR again if you don't hurry up. Okay, sorry. I don't know if I have like a favorite favorite one. Just just pick though. one that you love. Uh, one that always gets. Oh no, I do have one. Sorry. Um, I really like Stacy by Quinn. Um, that song. I think like it. It really like so you know we're we're in an we're in an age and I guess like we as you know millennials Gen Z whatever you want to call it um, or even right in the in between people on the cusp you know we're in a time where you know we have so much access to other people and other people's emotions that it's hard for us to figure out like what our own are right yeah, and yeah, yeah. um and what our own relationships are like and how to because like you can't really ask like your parents for guidance on modern day relationship you can't ask older people because like it's just not the same right because you can be in contact with someone. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whereas them, it's like it wasn't as easy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a different type of relationship, and we're like some of the first people that have to navigate through it. What does that mean? Um, and that one is just kind of like people people are A, afraid to like, are afraid to speak their emotions clearly, but also aren't afraid to be brutally blunt at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that Stacey is one of those songs that's like, you know, it, it sounds cool and like interesting to listen to, which is like what a lot of people in our generation do on the surface is like, we want to look cool and seem cool and be awesome, which everyone does, but like with social media being such a big thing and, you know, having an online presence, people want to see you and be like, that person's cool. But when you listen to it, the song is incredibly messed up. Um, like unbelievably messed up. And it's basically like, if you've never heard it, um, is like this guy who's basically, I think it's late high school or early college or something, and he basically is like having a like a fling with this girl, but she's very clear. She's like, you can call me whatever you want, you can, you know, we can be whatever relationship you want to be, but we are never going to, we're never dating. Like we're, ne- I'm like she. I think one of the lines is she says like, um, you can call me X, you can call me Y, you can call me Z, but now, but never call me yours, basically. And it's one of those. It's like that's those relationships have existed for a long time, but. It's in a way that where it's like, I don't know. It just 
it, it gets me like hits me to the center of my core where it's like you know especially when you're in college and you're like young and it's like is this a real relationship or is this like a relationship where it's like this is fun for a little bit but we know it's not going anywhere so why do anything about it you know yeah. um plus when it's like an overcast day it's just nice to listen <laughs> um okay um next one which might be just as difficult uh your favorite album of the decade whoa um and mine personally is because of the internet from childish gambino um, Charles Gambino, I believe, is my favorite rapper. Um, sad that he's not making any music anymore. Um, I think that my favorite thing about Charles Gambino is the fact that all four, I think he has four major studio albums. Uh, Camp, Kawhi, um, Because the Internet, and Awaken My Love. And they are all basically different genres of music. They're all like like techno rap kind of thing. But like Camp is, a, is very like traditional, like braggadocious rap. For the most part, uh, because the internet does have a little bit of that, but it's also a lot of introspective stuff. Uh, Kawhi gets a lot more into the um, into the techno stuff, like with sober and with like um, the remixes of three thousand and five and stuff. Ooh, you hit me with that ASMR without saying it. Um, and uh, Awaken My Love is the one with Redbone, and we all know how good Redbone is. Uh, but because the internet, I think, is is really cool because it was the first album I've ever listened to that is that it is a cohesive experience. Like you don't listen to. Um, uh, because the internet on shuffle you gotta listen to from the intro all the way to the end because it's an experience the whole way throughout and he said something in an interview when he was making it about how like Kanye West makes experiences Jay-Z makes experiences I don't want to make an album I want to make an experience I'm like okay cool um one of my favorite uh, Childish Gambino songs that in um, Oakland is on because of the internet so that was a really great time but I think the main reason that I love that album so much is because when I was in it came out when I was a sophomore in high school and it was right before I got surgery on my shoulder and my sister who had just gone to college that year um, came back to like see me when I got my surgery which was very nice of her and she got me a bunch of gifts and one of those gifts was um, because the internet and uh, me in my complete like she saw me like right after I got out of surgery so me in my like d- like drugged up state um, was so happy that I started bawling and so I hugged her and she started crying and my mom who was overly emotional started crying so it was just a very it was a it was a really good moment uh, for the family that was like the first time that like Carly and I had been like that close mm. and um, like I ever think of that every time I listen to that album so like definitely by far the best one of the last 10 years I think for me, uh, I have to go with uh, "Pray for the Wicked, Panic the Disco." It's a great album. I think uh, <laughs> it's a great yeah, album. No, I think, uh, like you know, that that album perfectly like syncs up the idea of you know follow your dreams, pursue your dreams, do what you want to do, but your dreams can still like you know bleep me out here, but bite you in the ass. Yeah, I um, mean, really, like they, they it really they they can let you down, but they can lift you up. Um, but it, it's still worth pursuing. Um, also, like the range of type of music is like every song's different um and it's just like when i first came out i couldn't listen to anything else throughout that entire summer like besides maybe a couple just like mainstay albums but that one like it's all the way through just listen to it like basically every day just so much fun to listen to um and then of course like seeing like 80 percent of it live was just oh yeah unbelievable crazy cool um, Shout out to Katie who had like a hundred and two fever that entire concert, but she still enjoyed she, she it. No, when <laughs> she was there, <laughs> when he said I wanted to be best friends with you, oh. Jackman, I about lo- you and I oh. looked at each other. Oh, that was so, so great. good. That was so great. Also, that, that is the great. greatest showman reimagined album. That's a great <laughs> album. That's a great album. Um, okay, moving on. What was your favorite TV show of the decade? The decade? Yes, I have. I have to split this up because. 
I have a definitive favorite one, but I do want to point out that it is my favorite uh, sitcom of the decade and my favorite sitcom of all time, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. The way that I got introduced to it because of uh, my roommate Joe, yeah, our friend Joe. Good old Joe. Um, he told me that it was a good... Like, Kristen Bell's the main actress, which I love Kristen Bell. She's hysterical and beautiful, so it was great to watch. Uh, but it is very um, introspective, and also the premise of the show changes, like every two episodes which it absolutely does and it's so good um and i'm not joking when the season finale when i say the season finale of uh season one legit made me actually jaw drop mm-hmm. like I, that's how amazing it was um definitely my favorite sitcom of all time now and i'm really sad that it's ending but like i i'm, I'm glad that they're Smart wrapping up creatively yeah. um but my favorite show of the decade absolutely was breaking bad um i think breaking bad is pioneering for what for the tv drama genre mm. um i think if any any when they had that amc um breaking bad versus walking dead debate there was absolutely no debate for me the walking dead is such a like cookie cutter zombie story and breaking bad was so good brian cranston is a treasure mm. what he did with walter white was so good aaron paul aaron paul was so good in his role of jesse pinkman he convinced vince gilligan to, or he like made vince gilligan not what his original plan was to kill jesse off at the end of the first season that's how good he was and um i just love that show that show so much gus Fring is one of the best tv villains of all time um and the mo- even the movie uh, El Camino that came out it wasn't like as good as the series but like it was a great wrap up to the story uh, Breaking Bad was just so good in my opinion I, I was gonna say Game of Thrones but that last oh, season like God. really made me oh, not want to care about it anymore also like I just you know shows and movies that are made out of like book material I just like I never think that those are the best like original ideas are always yeah, the best fair. you know uh, I don't know if I have a favorite sitcom of the decade you can just say your favorite show. Yeah. I, I just wanted to play, pay some pay some. I don't think I have a favorite sitcom, but a good place. my favorite show of the decade is definitely This Is Us. Um, I never watched it. Oh my god, it's so good. Basically, it's like you know how you have those like family dramas that are just like okay, like this stuff would never happen in real life. Like yeah. there's no way. They do such a good job of interconnecting. First of all, I like the way that they that the the show creators blend time so like when you know you're you could the first episode really shakes people to their core because they're like oh my god this was you know spoiler alert but this was like two different decades like i had no idea and at the show so basically like the first episode the 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 life that you see the big three children so you got randall kevin and kate and so like you watch their lives in present time and they sync it up to like the actual calendar of like present day so like in the, the thanksgiving episode they always talk about like um football on the tv and they like they're from pittsburgh originally so they talk about the steelers a lot and like current stuff. so they have like current things going on so that's smart in its own right but then they also like mirror their lives now to their parents lives back in the 70s when they first were in the 60s and 70s when they first met um and it, it was just like uh un, it's it's unbelievably like smart how they go back and forth through time and you see like the parallels of like you know history repeats itself blah 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 but you turn out to be who your parents are in some capacities and you learn how to be better than your parents or different from your parents so that you don't make if they made mistakes you don't make the same mistakes they did but you make your own mistakes etc um but it's also just like hey the acting is like phenomenal sterling k brown is unbelievably good um uh, which you would know him because he was in Black Panther. Um, oh, oh, he was the, the 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 guy that gets killed right in the beginning. Oh, um, oh, okay, yeah, the, okay. the brother or whatever yeah, of yeah, the king. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's him. Um, and it's like they they take dramatic things that happen and they don't like blow them out of proportions. Like um, they 
they it's like they're very real things that could happen to people and happen to families. It just this family happens to have a lot of drama and issues, but like they don't make it out of this world like you 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 feel connected to the characters and you feel like like this could happen to me one day or like this could happen to somebody I know. Um, and it's just interesting how like they can intertwine all these people and all these lives and it just like hooks you in and they lead these like plot twists and these cliffhangers that are like unbelievably just like ah I need more so like they just came back they had a hiatus and they came back through the middle of season 4 and like the first episode leaves this cliffhanger that you're like oh my god um, so if you've never watched it give it a chance it's unbelievable it gets a little lull it lulls a little bit in seasons 2 to 3 towards the end of the beginning but then season 4 comes and they like hit you basically with more stuff and you're like oh my god this is crazy um, so it's worth it's it's definitely it's the only show I watch regularly I'll put it that way um, so that's and I don't I don't watch a lot of TV shows but that's one that every week I tune in my parents really like that one I, oh, I think so I have to think I'm gonna have to get into it so good um, next thing I want to hear from you is Hunter how much do you read a little bit why because I'm gonna ask you your favorite book of the decade <laughs> the one I wanted to say because I read it in this decade was um, Clash of Kings which is the second book in the uh, Game of Thrones series okay. or the Song of Ice and Fire series excuse me uh, but that came out in like 1998 yeah, the, the first book uh, is Game, a Game of Thrones yes. which is a sick title oh yeah it's great um, but the best I think my favorite book I read was um, Ready Player One um, interesting which was it was a movie that was came out in I think 2016 but the book came out in 2011 um it's a book about so it's, a, it's like a dystopian future, which like a lot of a lot of like books are. It was set in like 2044, um, set in uh, uh, Oklahoma City, where that is like absolutely it's just run down. Uh, but everybody spends most of their time in this virtual world called the Oasis, and like this virtual like basically they're playing a giant MMO, but that's like where everybody spends all their time. And this kid, um, the main character, his name is Wade. Um, he's always he also spends most of his time in Oasis and the guy who creates I think his name is Halliday the guy who created the Oasis was a multi-trillionaire or something on his deathbed um, he explains that he left an easter egg within the the, the, the uh, Oasis that whoever found it um, got to got his fortune essentially um, and it's like behind a series of puzzles and behind a series of like clues and stuff and it's it's just an incredible absolutely incredible show it's very nerdy uh, it, it makes a lot of references to pop culture and like classic video games which like I am in love with because I am an absolute nerd uh, but I think the movie did the movie was okay and it didn't really do the book justice um, absolutely love that book uh, we'll, we'll be reading it again soon I honestly honestly I don't know if I read a book that came out this decade I definitely, well, I definitely did, but it was in like school, so I don't really remember it. All right, so what's a book that you read this decade that you oh, that you God. loved? Um, so I pulled it up because I I remember the plot but like loosely. So there's this book called The Kite Runner, mm, mm. Um, I the kite and runner. I read that in AP Lit. Um, basically, like our teacher for AP Lit would they had like the same like four or five books you read every single year or six whatever it was and then there was always one at the end that she like tried to throw a new one in or one that was more current more relevant not like classic literature um and she threw this one in and we were like okay whatever but i've never had a book make me cry until that one yeah, that, that one's heavy. um that one's heavy. and so it like it definitely for those of you that haven't read it you have to read it it's unbelievable um but basically it's the story of this young kid it's a story about um this young kid in afghanistan at the time of like Soviet invasion, um, leading up to um, what does it say? It's it's through Soviet military intervention, the exodus of refugees to Pakistan and the United States, and the rise of the Taliban. And it just follows this kid's like life, um, where he had like a pretty decent life uh, in Afghanistan 
and then just like the country fell into ruins because of all sorts of stuff going on um but it's like deeply it's deeply moving and like um, it's unbelievably like uh graphic at times um almost to the extent that like you know the game of thrones books are graphic yeah it might even be more so in some cases but uh it's I I don't cry often, but that book like it got me. It got me. I remember writing about it in my AP Lit exam and I ended up getting a four. So nice, good so. for me. Um, <laughs> subtle flex, uh, but it, it like it was just an unbelievably good book. But yeah, I don't think I actually read a book that came out in the 2010s. Well, um, you should be more educated. Hey, whoa, whoa <laughs> I read just older things. Okay, we can we can we can move on. Um, we'll get into more fun stuff. Well, no, I definitely um, read the Percy. Those Percy Jackson books came out oh. when we were in, in the 2010s, right? No, they didn't. They didn't. I think the first one came out in like 2006. Yeah, but when did the other ones come out? Oh, well, okay. Anyways, I'm anyways, saying. I'm gonna look it up. Um, next one I want to talk about is uh, we're getting into more kind of like fun stuff, stuff that like people usually talk about. What was your favorite sports moment of uh, of the of the decade? And I can pretty much probably guess what yours is gonna be, <laughs> uh, but I do want to talk about mine um, being. Uh, the the 2017. Dang it. Alright, so quick pause. The last book came out in 2009. Um, (laughs) Stupid. My favorite sports moment, um, 2017, um, was when the Maryland, University of Maryland Terrapins lacrosse team uh, won the national championship. And I did not specify men's or women's because they both won the national championship, which was great because the year prior... They both lost the national championship to UNC, and that was the worst heartbreak in the world. But um, I didn't really follow the women's that year. I know they. I think they went sixteen one or something. Like they had an amazing season. I thought they went undefeated. Did they go? Yeah, no, they went undefeated. The the men went like yeah. fourteen and two or something. They got that like, thing in Looney's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so the women did had an incredible season. The men um, ended up barely scraping by Denver in the semifinals mm-hmm. and beat them. I think like eight to nine. And then did a rematch of uh, Ohio State in the national championship. Lost to Ohio State in the regular season. Ended up beating Ohio State 9-6 to six in the national championship. And it was just something that I, like, I've loved lacrosse since I was like 8. So it was something amazing to see my school actually win. I wish pe- more people at the school cared about lacrosse because those games are so much fun. And just watching them win on Memorial Day weekend, oh my god, was uh, such a, the height of my sports career. The reason I had to go college is because I'm a Redskins fan and they suck. But <laughs> tell me about the, the Seahawks winning a Super Bowl. Uh, it's actually not that one. What? Oh, oh. Hey, I'm, come dumb. On, I'm dumb. Yeah, I'm dumb. Uh, everyone who knows me knows hockey is my first love. Uh, and in 2018, the Caps won the Stanley Cup and that might have been the greatest day of my life. Um, I, again, I don't... I thought the day, greatest day of your life was when you met me. That's incorrect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was until that moment, but yeah, it was a few yeah, months yeah. later. <laughs> so I'll never forget where I was. So basically, to give context for the moment, because every great sports moment always is surrounded by context, right? It's not just like the one moment. It's like what led up to it, what's around it. So the Caps, I read a book on the Caps, and they basically, in 2003... 2002, 2003, they had had a good team, but they just, like, weren't winning enough, and they knew, like, the team knew that an impending lockout was coming. Like, yeah. They knew it was going to happen. Um, basically, the whole league knew it was going to happen. They knew there were going to be rule changes. So they said, do we want to go in? And they knew that there was no salary cap before this, right? So they said, do we want to go in with this, like, aging roster of good players that's not getting anything done, or do we want to scrap the whole thing and start over with the salary cap thing that's coming in? Uh, and they decided they were just going to overhaul the roster and trade away all their good players, get assets, 
they ended up getting the number one pick, and they draft this guy named Alex Ovechkin. And uh, he's supposed to be, like, the, the greatest player since, like, Wayne Gretzky and just unbelievably good. And he's going to be the start of their rebuild. Well, they were garbage until because they traded literally everyone. They had guys that, like, shouldn't have been anywhere close to the NHL playing for them. Uh, and there were some, some pretty – you could get tickets for, like, $10 and sit in a lower bowl. It was crazy. But – uh, 2007, they make the playoffs for the or 2008 was 7-8 season. They make the playoffs for the first time uh, in Ovechkin's career, and they barely made it in. Lost in the first round of the Flyers, and then for the next about mm, 10 years, they had this repeated pattern of just being like the be- throughout the 2010s. They they had, were the best team in the NHL. They had the winningest record, most points, um, and they would always go to the playoffs, and they'd always lose in the first round or the second round to teams they definitely should have beaten, and they were just unbelievably good, and everybody was always betting on them to win the cup. Then in 2017 and 2018, and, and like just the, the amount of heartbreak is like hockey is such an unforgiving sport in terms of like how aggressive it is and how hurt you can get. And like it's just a, it's a cruel game. Um, but that's and it's so fun to play. But like when it you play so much to get to where you get, that's why the Stanley Cup's the hardest trophy to win in sports. You have to win 16 games in a row over two months. Um, we have to win 16 games over two months. And like it's just so aggressive and you're, you're hurting so much. Um, and people like sacrifice so much to play that. When you lose in, in certain rounds, when you lose early in the playoffs, when you should be doing well, it's like, it's when is this team going to finally break through? When is it going to happen, right? And uh, 2018, they they we went to that first playoff game, and they lost in overtime, and then uh, they lost the second game, and they're down 0-2 to a team that everyone's like, same old caps, here we go. And then they, uh, they ended up coming back in that series, winning four games in a row, um, finally beating Pittsburgh in the second round, who had beaten us for the last two years in a row in the second round. Um, I hate Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> and then they had a crazy good series with Tampa Bay in the conference finals. And then they went back to the finals and won the thing. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in Looney's with the orientation staff. And I, I remember everyone was like, Hunter, are you going to cry if they win? And I was like, I literally at this point, I've been beaten down by like expectations of this team. If they don't win the cup, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and then they won. And I, I just remember sitting there and like everybody around us is cheering and like screaming and stuff. And I just sat there and just like bawled for like 25 <laughs> minutes. Because it's like all those memories come back. I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about it. All those memories come back of like, you know, the heartbreak and the letdown and like when is it going to happen? And then it finally did. Like I still don't believe that they did it. Like I know I was there for the banner raising. I was at work. I still don't <laughs> actually did it. And like I have the ring and everything. But like it was just unbelievable moment. And I'm talking too long about this. But um, I could go on for days about it. That was by far. And then like the stuff celebration they basically handed the stanley cup to a frat and said like go go crazy i don't think i've ever seen a team go that hard after winning but good for the awesome moment really really enjoyed it god love 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 hacky college hockey all right what is your favorite stand-up special of the decade Mm. and i could also go first again um my my favorite comedian as everybody that I've talked about it too. My favorite comedian is by far John Mulaney. I think he's one of the funniest dudes on the planet. Um, every single one of his specials makes me laugh out loud. Um, but I think my favorite uh, special is by a man named Bo Burnham. And it was Make Happy, which came out in, I believe, 2015 to Netflix. Um, and the reason I love this so much is because, yeah, he... he Bo Burnham is very tongue-in-cheek with all of his performances, and his his Make Happy specifically is kind of like 
a parody of a performance. Like it's got a lot of it's got some songs in it that just kind of make fun of performers as a whole. Like the the one about the country songs about how they're all just like put put a couple keywords in it and then you got yourself a country song. You're pandering to to the general audience. Um, straight white male is about how how tough his life is being a straight white man, <laughs> um, and uh, I mean what really hit it was um, the the Kanye rant uh, at the very end of the show where he talks about um, how talks about basically like performance anxiety and um, and like uh, trying to make people happy when he's struggling to be happy himself, mm. um, and it, it was just it, it really hit uh, hard for myself and I'm sure a lot of people. Well, one of the lines in it that like I still can't listen to it without like shuddering is, um, "Come and watch this kid with a steadily declining mental health." And let's laugh as he attempts to give us what he can't give himself. And you're like, Whoa, okay, I didn't expect this uh, this comedy special to make me cry. But um, I think Bo Burnham, like, it was really sad that that was his last, like, hurrah, like for a while at least, his last hurrah at a stand-up comedy. But um, knowing his story, like, it, it, it was good for him to get out of it. Uh, he made, wrote an amazing screenplay in eighth grade. Uh, but make happy for what for the humor behind it and like the deeper meaning behind it. I think will be my favorite, um, my favorite stand-up special for a very long time. I think mine is uh, well. It used to be uh, it, for a long time. Any of the John Mulaney ones were good. Oh, yeah. uh, but I. I stumbled upon uh, a 2019 special from Mike Birbiglia that was called. About this a while. It was so. Oh my god. Okay. So like, and I just found it by accident. Just clicked on it and just started watching it. Uh, and I don't. His like cadence, the way he speaks, his tone, his inflection, like, uh, it sh- and everything he says is just so deeply relevant. Like there was a there was a line where he was like, um, you know, he was talking. The whole special is about becoming a father and fatherhood and that kind of thing, which like I don't relate to because I'm not a dad. Um, but. There was like one part where he's like he's talking about love and relationships and all this kind of stuff, and he was talking about how between a, a mother and a, and a child is like the most profound love you can have, and like a lot of people say that because like you know the the mother like grows the kid basically, and uh, he was like he was like it's the most profound love in the world, and like it's crazy to watch it happen. And he was like, and I was also there, and just like the, the stuff he says is so like it hits you in a way that you're not prepared for, um, and it's so funny and just like everything he said, like he's a guy that you. Why is it funny? I don't understand. Like, it's not gonna. It shouldn't be. Um, but the way he talks just makes me laugh, and uh, that, that's probably my favorite one of the decade, maybe ever. I just think it was really funny. I think I think the best uh, comedy specials are ones that like make you think, but also like can make you laugh. I, I ooh, another recommendation I have very up there is um, Homecoming King by Hasan Minaj. Um, he tells a story. Basically, the whole thing is about um, what it's like being a first-generation American and his family, but also um, growing up as a Muslim. Um, Surrounding the, uh, the the events of 9/11, because I think he was like he was in middle school, I think when um, when in 2001 when the, when the when the towers fell, and um, he just has a lot of stories about like uh, about um, going to home going to prom with a white girl, uh, but her parents didn't approve of it, and all this stuff like becoming a be, like arguing with his dad about about the Americanism and what it means and all this stuff. It, it's very insightful, and though I can't relate to it as a straight white man. Um, uh, I think it's. I think everybody should watch it to get that kind of a uh, kind of mindset. Also, it's hysterical. Like he's a, he's an extremely talented comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, two more. Both of them are pretty fun. Uh, the next one is what was your favorite slang term of the last ten years? <laughs> Mine by far is extra. I love it so much. It's 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 such a ridiculous thing because it can be applied to so many, and we know a lot of people that are a little too extra. We ourselves can be a little too extra most of the time. You think? And it's. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, we have a podcast. That's extra. That's really extra. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. A, a close second. When I was, I didn't know like what came out this in the 2010s. A close second is bromance because apparently that like wasn't a thing for a long time. Mm. And um, bromance is like one of my favorite things because it's like yeah. We have bromance. We love each other, but we're dudes and not gonna. We're, we're straight dudes and we're not gonna kiss. We could if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think mine would probably be. It's probably either size or brick. I hate size. Dude, size, size is, is the, so. Size is the stupidest term. Of I think all time. what's funny though is that like the DMV, or especially like where I went to school, uh, we like like we have our own slang for slang terms. Like when people are like, "I'm so blown," you say like, "I'm so guh." It's like, I don't know why they created slang for slang, because we just want to be cool or something. But That's um, the only interesting thing about Plato. Literally. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not really a place, it's more Waldorf. But um, but yeah, I think size or brick, because I think brick, there's such an argument about like what does it actually mean, and like what do you apply it to, and I apply it to all sorts of stuff, people are like, you can't do that, and I'm like, it's not even... It's not even what it means, like the actual word, but I think... See, that's why I hate size, because when I learned what it meant, it was, I'm excited. It's like, oh, I'm so size. I'm like, oh, I can down that. I, I can get down with that. And someone's like, yo, size me that beer. I'm like... I've heard like, that too. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, a, that's not a thing. But like, you can also say like, caught me that beer. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like... I, I, I like those two words. Anyways. Um, our, the last one, which is of course, because we're, we're dumb. We're really dumb. Oh, wait, no, no. I just thought of another one. Okay, two more. So the, la- the second to last one is, what was your favorite meme of the decade? Oh, God. Mine, by far, is Mocking Spongebob. I love it so... Cause it That's a good one. It's such a weird, like, out of nowhere. Because the episode, he, like, is a chicken or something. But, like, what it came out of, like, I still do, like, the alternating, like, uppercase, lowercase thing. And everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah, you exactly. Right. It's just so fun. And it's so applicable. Whenever, like, somebody from, like... Like, what's how Holly was talking about? Like, oh, it's not that cold. And I'm just like, I'm from the north. I know what cold means. Like, you can just apply it to anything. It's so good. I Um, love knocking SpongeBob. It's great. What what is that meme that I'm. There's like a meme that I always, like, use, but I can't remember what it is, which is weird because I only. I use it when I see it. Um, Yours is is Tom and jumping out the window. Oh, I love that gift. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, I don't even know if that constitutes it's a meme, but that's just so good. Uh, because, like, it's just, like, whenever someone says something, you're just like, okay. I think one of my, uh, well, actually, one of my favorite memes was that was Kermit sipping tea or sipping coffee. Oh, that's was that. that's I like that one. meme. Because yeah. it's like, it's like mm, interesting. Um, I really like that one. All right. And the last. I mean, I'm just going to go for it because we did not, uh, we were not allowed to do this technically until this decade. What is... Your favorite beer that you drank this decade? Because this is quarter life crisis and we drink a lot of alcohol. My favorite beer that I drank yes. in 2010. I hope you didn't drink beer in 2009. I really I hope not. you didn't. I did not. <laughs> uh, I'm just putting that out there You're right now. 12 years old? <laughs> yeah, I was. I did turn 12. Did I? Yeah. You turned 12 in December. Yeah. So you were 11 for most of the year. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Um, My favorite is from a little uh, brewery called Evolution Craft. Uh, in Salisbury, Maryland. It's called Lot 3. And it's called Lot 3 because it was the third batch that they tried to brew of their signature IPA. And it was... Oh my god, it's the best IPA I've ever drank. Like, IPAs are usually super hoppy. Lot 3 is, like, very tame. Very chill. Um, I, I get it typically when... Sometimes I'm, like, just trying, trying to find something new. Anytime I'm at this bar when I'm home, I always, always get the Lot 3. It's delicious. I think... Uh I think mine, which I always return, it's always a classic. Have to be loose cannon. Yeah, oh, ooh, I love loose cannon. Loose cannon. Derek, and Derek was the one that introduced me to loose cannon. I, 
You saved me from a dark place of just naturally going to Bud Light. When Dude, I, I hate it me. when people are just like, oh, I don't drink beer. It's like, what have you had? You're like, well, I've had, I've had Bud Light and I've had Nebo. It's just like, there's a those world are, of beers well, it's also there. like It's also like, those beers are for when you're like partying and need to drink like eight, like yeah. a million of them, basically, and you just need to down them quickly. It's like, well, okay, then we'll drink like water beer. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's but like, when you're just like sipping and you're just tasting, you want to have a couple, it's just like, dude, loose candy. I sit, yeah, I'll get sometimes a six pack, sit on the couch and watch sports and just like casually sip a uh, loose cannon. I'm like, this is, this is living right here. Yeah, dude. Shout out to, shout out to Evolution. Shout out to Heavy Seas. If you want to hit us up with that sponsorship, you know we're available. Because um, they uh, definitely listen to this Heck podcast. yeah, dude. Um, okay, we're, we're coming up on an hour and a half. Definitely the longest podcast we've ever had. Um, but it's because we've been gone. For we have weeks. been gone for a while. This is our catch up episode. Hopefully we'll get back into doing it weekly. Uh, but we're going to send, roll right into our last segment known as Crisis averted. So, Hunter, uh, if you got some people to shout out, uh, now's the time. Uh, I'm going to shout out the entire University of Maryland men's basketball team because uh, we need to start winning some games away from home. Oh, yeah. Um, we're about to leave out the door to go watch them tip off against Purdue. Uh, mm, I don't really know if I have anybody at the current moment that needs some love. I mean, all my friends need some love. But oh, yeah. uh, shout out to all of my friends that are going into their last semester. Um, it's not my last semester, hopefully. Fingers crossed. But, uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. We start class in you know, a week from Monday or two weeks from Monday. Good God, uh, no, a week from Monday. Jesus. Um, but yeah, that's I don't really have anybody specific, but okay. I wanna I wanna send some love to my buddy Alex. Um, he's been living out in LA for the last couple last couple months. Um, he is actually in Salisbury right now. Didn't give me a warning that he was coming home. So Alex, next time let me know in advance. Um, also give a shout out to my buddy Nate. Uh, my only coworker that listens to this podcast and um, absolutely loves me, but absolutely hates Hunter. Hi, Nate. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know who you are, but hello. Uh, you'd like Nate. He's cool. Um, and also, as always, I'm sending some love uh, to uh, my Katie Joy. Um, you know why? I love you. Um, keep doing amazing things. Uh, so that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in to episode seven of Quarter Life Crisis. Uh, thank you for sticking with us uh, in this three-week hiatus, and we hope to bring you some amazing content over the year 2020. Uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>